That's Monty's flight jacket, but that's impossible. These bones are years old. What the foxtrot's happening here? Alright Trips, welcome to episode 6 of the Tidal Hack Podcast, I am your host Chris Scullion. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll have heard part 1 of my interview with Mike Jackson, a former official Nintendo magazine, official Xbox magazine, CVG chap, a good friend of mine. So yeah, as I explained last week, this week's episode is the second part of that chat. It was supposed to be an hour long chat, it ended up becoming a two hour one, so we just split it into two for two episodes. So this is the second uh, part of that and we kind of continue to talk about the Switch so again sorry to folks uh, that, that maybe weren't uh, that maybe are getting a bit tired of there being a lot of uh, Switch coverage on the podcast but to be fair the Switch is out now in two weeks uh, so it's pretty obvious that that's the kind of main talking point next week uh, will be a kind of one, like one of those kind of break episodes where it'll be me and Louise um, and we'll kind of talk about more general gaming news and uh, obviously have a bit of uh, the Year of Louise and all that kind of stuff um, as as we usually do. So yeah, it's just to kind of keep things interesting and keep uh, mixing things up. But for now, uh, for this episode, we're looking at the second part of the Mike Jackson uh, chat. Uh, as with last week, there are some kind of audio issues because obviously that was is continuing on from that same chat. So the audio issues from last week are present here as well, a couple of crackly bits. So apologies for that. Uh, as I've said before, I've, I've figured out a way to kind of get around that next time I do a Skype interview. Uh, so hopefully next time we do that, it'll be a lot cleaner and sound a lot better than it does here. So hopefully you can put up with it. There's some good chat here. It starts a bit negative. I saw someone previously... Uh, complaining that uh, the first part was a bit negative but I promise you we're both pumped for the Switch so this second part starts a bit negative again but then starts getting pretty positive especially when we start talking about the new Mario game which uh, just looks insane Super Mario Odyssey looks like the the one to beat Uh, so yeah hopefully you enjoy uh, the second part of the conversation let's get stuck right in it it's weird that the best uses of uh, the Wii and Wii U's tech were both launch games like when you look at uh, Wii Sports and also kind of Wii Play to an extent, each had different mini games that were designed to basically show the gamer, but also show developers look at all the cool stuff you can do with this controller. And then Nintendo Land did the same with its kind of yeah, um, and I love Nintendo Land. Yeah, man. and and the, uh, the and, and sort of thing it's like awesome kind of multiplayer stuff. It's like oh yeah, they see one thing on the TV and you see one thing in the gamepad, and only the Wii U will ever let you do this. You're like oh, that, that's fucking amazing. That's got great kind of potential. But then you get devs, and it goes back to the kind of similar to what you're saying about why would they make one for two systems and then make something totally different for the third. Devs make a game for Xbox and PlayStation, and then look at the Wii U and say, "Are we fuck like going to waste time and, and resources making this weird asymmetrical multiplayer game? Uh, let's just make let's just port the 360 version over and put a fucking map on the on the screen, or put a, just a generic menu on the screen." And so Nintendo Land ultimately ended up being the best and last kind of game other than the kind of WarioWare one yeah, to, to make the use of it. So you know, I, I, I used to I used to criticize third parties for, for being like that, right? Because Nintendo would come out with this interesting tech and they would say, look how many, look at these 15 things we can do with this tech. 
And then developers, third-party developers would scratch their heads and either come up with something that's basically a ripoff of what Nintendo did, right? Like, I think Sega were very guilty of that. They, you know, all of their, all of their early DS games and all of their early Wii games basically just did what Nintendo had done in Wii Sports, right? Or, yeah. or um, in their early DS games. So, I think, but but then in the, in their defense, right? Sometimes I see Wii Sports and Nintendo Land as a sort of like Nintendo almost exhausting the possibilities of their hardware before the hardware has even come out, mm-hmm. right? I, I kind of compare it to let me think, let me think. Imagine you being locked in a in an empty room, right? And I give you a, and I come into that room with a ball, and I say, "Look, there's a ball, right? I've got a ball. This ball's really cool. Look at how many cool things I can do." And I throw it against the wall, and I bounce it, and I throw it up, and I catch it. And I, you know, put it under my legs and I spin it on my finger and I do all these crazy things with this ball, right? And then I say, here, now you do something different. You're like, well, fucking hell. Like, you, you basically, what, what else can I do with this thing, right? And I, 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 sometimes I feel for third parties because Wii Sports was pretty much the best thing you could do with that hardware, right? Yeah. And Nintendo had years to refine that. And most of that refinement, in my eyes, was them you know, was them, they had time to make an inefficient motion detection, piece of motion detection hardware, do something that was satisfying enough, despite how vague it was, right? Yeah. That, the Wii Remote doesn't really know where it is in 3D space. It doesn't really detect mm, your your position of your arm. It detects changes in the position, right? Yeah. It doesn't really know where your arm is. It just knows what direction it's moving in somewhat, right? Yeah. And that's not accurate. It doesn't know the exact speed. It only guesses. It only it only guesses the orientation. And it's all approximate. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Vive where the Vive knows exactly where those controllers are in the room at all times, at any point, at any speed. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, in many ways, the Vive delivered on what the Wii absolutely could not. And Wii Sports were... To me, they were demonstrations of Nintendo making games that were limited enough and vague enough that they worked on their otherwise shit piece of hardware, right? And and third parties just went, well, yeah, we could do a bunch of cool things like a cool table tennis game or a cool, uh, you know, sword chopping game. But when they try it and it doesn't fucking work, it fundamentally doesn't work, right? It mm. just doesn't work. And most of them, I, I most of them would have just given up. And the ones that did release the games that they put together were shit right like a lot of the motion games just didn't work the fucking carnival games and big beach sports yeah. and all the things that sold like millions of copies even though they were utter dog shit they basically yeah, yeah. stood in the room with a ball and said I'm just going to eat the fucking ball and yeah. that was what they did and, and I'm not falling that for that again you know like when I first saw the Wii and I saw the the guy you know chopping food on a table and I saw him what was he like it was a dentist working on someone's teeth yeah. and I thought man, they're going to be able to do anything with this thing, right? And now it's almost like a repeat of that these days when they're showing one, two switch and they're showing you like milking a cow and like, which is like what milking a cow really like without even looking at the screen, you'll do that once if ever. Right. And they show you like shaking the controller to guess how many ice cubes are in a glass and, and all those things. Right. Right. That's cool. We get the point that you've got really accurate rumble, but I can't see developers using that in a great many, no, in a great many not. variations. You know, like it, it, I don't, I don't see that happening. So no, and again, it comes back to parity with, with with other systems. It's like that that HD Rumble thing is genuinely amazing when you when you try it, and and it's like so. I was playing it. I was going, that's fucking because there's look at one of the things in one two switch where you've got to 
count how many marbles are in a fucking box. So you tilt it and you can feel them hitting against it and rolling. Go, that's fucking amazing. Then you walk away and go, no developer is ever going to do this because if a developer makes a racing game, uh, say for 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 Xbox and PlayStation, and makes a kind of slightly pared down version of that racing game for Switch. They're not going to bother putting the extra effort in to have it like where if you drive over the rumble strips, it kind of rumbles in a different kind of way. Or they're not going to bother doing that. Well, you know, they're just even if they did, right? Even if even if Nintendo made this the development software for their HD Rumble so easy and so simple that they did, right? Let's mm. just say the next Colin McRae comes to Switch and it and it does allow you to count the stones on like it does allow you to fill the road more accurately. Like, are you going to count the stones under your tires? No, right? Like. <laughs> What actual real difference is that going to make to games? Yeah. Uh, other than like a Splinter Cell game or a stealth game where you're picking locks, I can't see it making a great difference. And also, I'm intrigued to know how much accurate it really is versus the DualShock or the Xbox, right? Because surely all that's doing when the marbles are hitting this virtual box is it's just tapping your hand a certain number of times. And that's all very novel, yeah. but unless some kind of magic tech... Kind of, I think I think you'll be the same thing, right? The problem is, I would say I think you'll be surprised, but I think One Two Switch is the only game that's going to end up doing it. So I don't think you'll ever get to if you're not bothered about it, which I imagine you're not, and I'm not even that bothered about it. You and me and a lot, of, a lot of other people might not ever end up actually getting to see what it was capable of because it's gen. It genuinely amazed me when when I was doing the, the kind of marble thing. I was like, because you know, me and you both kind of like to kind of reverse engineer these things when they come out in the tech and kind of break it apart and figure out how it works yep. and all that. And it, yep. was, it was like one of those moments where it's like, I'm going to have to have a proper think about how they did this because it's really clever. It must have so many motors in there going at really kind of subtle kind of levels like to kind of build it up like that because yeah. the, the, the subtlety and like tilting it a wee bit and you kind of feel it kind of moving across your hand and then you go like that, you feel it kind of fucking off the, the, the wall of it and going, and you can feel it kind of rolling and going smack at the end. It's like, it's really well done, but it's like, yeah, yeah fair enough. But if, if it's going to, I don't know if it's going to be that impressive. I, I can see it working for stuff like Metroid, um, where when you're charging a gun up or something in Metroid, maybe your different arm cannons have different feels when you fire a freeze ray and you can feel it going... Or maybe when you're charging something up, you feel it kind of starting from the bottom and kind of working its way, like the pulse kind of growing. I can see it being cool for stuff like that. But that's it's like only a couple of examples I can think of. I, I don't see it becoming widespread like Rumble was when it first, when yeah. it first launched. I mean, I mean, it all goes back to, again, though, like these are all extra features that I appreciate Nintendo are doing. Um, and the truth is, I guess, whether or not they work or whether or not anyone ever uses them doesn't matter right like i love the way those joy cons look they're just these awesome tiny little tightly compact boxes of technology full yeah. of random shit in them right i'd suggest taking one apart if it wasn't fucking 80 dollars to buy a couple <laughs> of them, right? but, but you know I, it's, it's it's the first time in years where i've actually wanted to see what's inside that thing right yeah. like i actually i'm gonna go straight to ifix it as soon as that machine comes out because they're inevitably going to tear one down and I want to see yeah. what's inside it and what it all looks like because it's just I'm so impressed with how they've managed to get and you know the 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 NFC reader the IR the infrared like motion detection camera yeah. thing that 
see your hands, which is totally bizarre. That it was so bizarre. Nintendo hasn't really even shown anything. Yeah, that's another thing. That's... With it, like, right, it's probably not going to be used, but it's awesome that it's there. Um, and if they do it even once, right? Like, if they like the, the the 3DS being able to do AR and like you buy the 3DS, you point it at one of those cards and you fight that awesome dragon that looks like it's coming out of your table. Yeah, and that was it. I've never <laughs> played another AR game on 3DS, so. I think a lot of that stuff will be that, you know, but it just kind of doesn't matter. Like, what does it matter? I want, I'm going to buy Mario Kart 8, right? I'm going to buy it digitally because I, I buy all my Nintendo games physically because I have to have Nintendo games on a shelf looking awesome. Yeah. But I'm going to buy Mario Kart 8 digitally because I already own a physical copy on the Wii U. Yeah. And it's going to sit on my console forever and I'm going to play the fuck out of it. For years, like that's like that's it, isn't it? Like I'm going to play it in bed. I'm going to play it like in taxis because we don't have trains in a, like in Vegas we don't really use buses so I'm going to play it you know like I'm just going to play it all the time and I can't wait and I know that's going to happen because I still play Mario Kart 8 yeah. and I still sometimes bring the Wii U gamepad to the shitter to play Mario Kart 8 because that's what you do right yeah, of course. but the whole console comes with you you can switch games and stuff I always get some kind of video lag sometimes and it's not entirely reliable yeah. um, I love it right so I can't wait to own the machine. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. You know, something Nintendo hasn't really talked about is the machine is so modular that it actually allows you to... It opens up all kinds of possibilities for clipping other things on there, mm. right? To mention... All right, so the biggest... One of the big contentions right now is the left Joy-Con doesn't have a D-pad on it, right? So first Nintendo console to not have a D-pad on the left side of the controller. Yeah. Um, I guess discounting the, the, the Wii because it didn't really have a proper controller, but... The, even the Wii Pro or whatever, the, the, the Wii Classic controller had a D-pad on it. Yeah. And this, and this is the first console that you will buy, and when you get it home and you open the box, there will not be a D-pad in that box anywhere to be found, yeah. right? Um, and if they sell, and I think it's ridiculous if they don't, and I'm betting you if they don't, then a company called Joytech or whatever they're called, Mad Cats, will do it. There will be a left Joy-Con with a D-pad on it within a year. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll click. I want an official one. I don't really want a third party one. But if I have to, I'll buy a third party one. Hopefully, it'll do a good job. Yeah. Um, uh, I want a D pad on the left. Um, I understand why they didn't put a D pad on the left because you can fit the Joy Cons to the side. Yeah, but, there needs to be buttons for two player. But yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Considering how little I'm probably going to do that, um, I would. I, I want. I, I'm happy to spend thirty five dollars or whatever was re required to yeah. buy it a left. Icon, you know i'm curious to try it as a d-pad first um the the demo the, the stuff they showed at the event i went to they were clever about the games they chose and the control systems they used in that so stuff like street fighter uh, you could only, they only let you play it with a pro controller uh, so you could never test the d-pad on that, Is that, that yeah. way? so i no. don't know whether it's going to be unusable or I suppose when you consider a PlayStation, the DualShock is buttons rather than a D-pad because it's like those separate kind of arrow buttons. But they yeah. at least kind of come in in the middle, so they all they, you can still kind of rest your thumb in the middle and it still kind of feels like the indent of a D-pad. So it still feels like a D-pad even though it isn't. Um, whereas these buttons look kind of spread apart, so I, don't, I wonder yeah, how that Yeah, they're, they're a little too spread apart, I think. And, and, and I don't think your thumb will roll over them very nicely. You know, they're not one surface. Yeah. Um, Actually, I mean, do you, do you give... Sorry, go on. Go I was going to say, but I haven't said that. It's so small. It's like, it's even... Even though it looks small in videos and, and stuff like that, even when, when you hold it, it's even smaller than, than you would imagine. So I don't know if that will go in its favour, that the buttons are so close together that it might feel... I don't know. I, I, I've not even... I've not tried that, so... 
I tell you what, the um, there was a there was a podcast. Uh, a, a, sorry, it was actually a YouTube video, um, a, a so-called we uh, a so-called switch review, um, which I was expecting to be crap, but actually it was it was really really good. Um, and the reason why is because the guy in it. Do you do you mind shouting out other brands no, or are you it. trying? Um, so that it was a, a game explain. I don't really watch game oh, explain fuck that those much. Guys. Right? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, Game Explain, um, I don't watch them much. I watch them now and then, but yeah. um, they did a, a Wii uh, Switch review. And um, I clicked it because I was bored, and I'm basically consuming any and everything with the word Switch in it right now, right? Unless it's Switch Dildo, in which case I won't consume that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, you're not, uh, you're not supposed to consume them, you meant it. So uh, I was watching this video, and the reason why it was good is because he touched on a lot of things, both good and bad, that almost no one else is talking about, right? Like, he mentioned really cool, really small things, like when you when you clip the um, Joy-Cons onto the console, not only does the, the, the little mechanism itself make a nice little clicking sound, but the console itself... Um, makes a click noise. Makes a clicking sound through the speakers as well. So it actually makes it even more satisfying to go, yeah. you know? Um, he mentioned that. I didn't know that. That's awesome, right? No one's mentioned that. Yeah. Um, he was talking about the D-pad, and he was saying that um, I think it was because he got to play the Switch at an event that wasn't entirely controlled by Nintendo. It was the Shovel Knight guys or something, right? Okay, your club. He, yeah, he went, he went to play Shovel Knight, and he was playing it, and he got to try it in all of the different configurations that the Switch is capable of. Mm. And he didn't like playing it in um, horizontal mode because... You have to use the analog stick as your directional yeah. buttons, right? Um, and so there's no D-pad. And he was just saying that that just wasn't a good fit for the for for, for the 2D game. You know, when yeah. you're when you're trying to do Twitch gaming in a 2D game, especially the 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 reaction time or the time it takes for you to transition from one side of the analog stick to the other is a lot longer. Yeah. Um, and the time it takes for you to press one side of a digital D-pad to the other, right? And ju it's just not best suited to switch. Well, yeah. yeah, so he was saying that that's, it's not ideal to not have a D-pad, right? Like, you kind of need a D-pad, and if you're buying a Switch and you're going to buy Shovel Knight or you're going to buy Street Fighter, you really actually just, you absolutely need um, that because the buttons, the face buttons, don't make a good D-pad, and the analog stick don't make a good replacement for a D-pad. Um, so... I'm going to buy a pro controller, but if I if I could, I'd like to buy a left Joy-Con as well. So, by the way, have you played? Have you used the the, the pro controller? Yeah, I used it for Zelda uh, briefly. Um, it's and fine. It's 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 spot on. It's really comfortable. It feels exactly what you would hope a controller would feel. Um, the buttons are much bigger, which which the face buttons, which I think is one of the big kind of selling points for it. Because, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but I think there's a lot of people with kind of big hands uh, who may struggle with the tiny buttons on the Joy-Con because those buttons are really small, um, which I don't have an issue with and you probably won't have an issue with either. But um, imagine... I've got hundreds of hours in the original 3DS, right? Exactly, like, exactly. Tiny, so. You might get people with big fucking meat hands going, no, nah, this this isn't acceptable for me. Exactly. Trying to, exactly. Trying to with their fucking elbows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So they'll yeah. um, it'll suit them because the buttons are nice and big and that, and the D pad's nice. It's nice and kind of clicky D pad. Um, so yeah, I, I tell you, I used it. I used it for Street Fighter as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a comfortable enough. It's one of those ones. It, it, it was that. It was it's one of those ones where it's so comfortable. It's there's nothing special about it. If that makes sense, like not not in a bad way, but 
you know, like I just when I started playing Street Fighter, they gave me the controller and I just started playing and thought nothing of it. Um, it's just such a natural feeling controller. You don't you don't sit and go, oh, this is a bit awkward. This is a bit fiddly. It just it just feels right. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 it's just like perfectly, perfectly built. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I've been a little bit disappointed with Nintendo's um, like general controller design. Actually, you know, the, the Wii U gamepad looks really uncomfortable, but it's actually pretty decent to hold. It's pretty mm. nice to hold. But I always kind of remember the, the N64 and the GameCube controllers were really like, they look like machine, because there's nothing square about the human hand, right? There's nothing uniform about it. It's a, it's, it's a sort of round, very organic thing, right? Yeah. And both the N64 controller, for all of its oddities, the N64 controller and the GameCube controllers, they had these really odd-looking but very organic curves to them. That, yeah. that if you put your hand in a sort of neutral, relaxed, um, gripping position, you could slide those controllers into your hand and all the buttons were in the right places and everything. And, and, and they were contoured to the human hand. And they almost seemed to abandon that ethos when they made the, the, the classic controller... Um, to some extent, the the Wii Remote was mostly a, a very sort of machine-looking. Yeah. It was very machined, right? It had a very square top. There was nothing sort of organic about it. Mm -hmm. um, and the gamepad, to some extent, um, it has that nice little lip on the bottom, but otherwise, it's just it's just a sort of square thing, right? Yeah. So it's nice to see that the that the um, the new Pro Controller looks like something that was designed with the human hand in mind, and they really tried to rethink the ergonomics, you know. They tried to go back in the direction that Sony and Microsoft have been really good about refining in this last generation and making controllers that just feel right in the hand, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I love the PS4 DualShock. Um, I really like the Xbox controller, maybe slightly less so, but um, I, I think they've both done great jobs with the latest generation of those console, yeah. those controllers. And I'm hoping that the Pro Controller is the third awesome controller on the market, you know, and it seems like it is. I think you might be pleasantly surprised by the Joy-Con grip uh, because when I first saw that, I was like, fuck that, that's a that's a kind yeah, of... Box, right? Yeah, exactly. The nunchucks. Straight in the fucking bin. But no, I, 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 had, I had to play that for Mario Kart, I think. Um, I was simply, I was like, because I played Mario Kart on handheld and then went back and played it kind of on TV. And I was like, it's actually really comfortable. It's, it's surprisingly comfortable uh, even though it looks fucking weird, it's, 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 it, it, like you say, and again, it's a square, but it's got those kind of weird kind of angular handles, which kind of help a bit. Um, it's actually surprisingly comfortable. So I'm going to, I'm actually not going to buy a pro controller on day one. I'm going to see how I get along with that first, because I think it might do the job. Yeah, that might be a shout. So, just, just to save the sixty. What exactly. Is it, if, if it was like if yeah. it was like thirty quid, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'd just buy one just to have one. But for that much. Investment. I'd rather buy Bomberman or something instead and, and put my money towards that. But the, the only the only thing I'm worried about with that is I I I I did the same thing with the Wii U. I wanted the Pro Controller, but I thought you know what, I'm just going to play with the gamepad for now because I'm kind of broke, and I'll I'll buy the game. I'll buy the Pro Controller later, right? And I never got it, and and I kind of regret it. Like I still want one, right? Even though I don't really plan on playing the Wii U that much anymore, except for occasional stints back on 3D World. Yeah. Um, I still want one because they just look really nice and shiny and glossy, right? Uh, and it's a Nintendo controller I don't own, and that just can't happen. Right? I have to have <laughs> these things. But I don't want to go out and spend 60 bucks. And the reason why I kind of want to get the Switch one at launch is because for me, and I, I don't know if you agree, 
a console launch day, and this isn't necessarily exclusive to a Nintendo console launch day, but particularly a Nintendo console launch day, the value of a dollar just goes out of the fucking window, <laughs> doesn't it? Right? Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, I'll buy two of everything, right? Like, honestly, I, I could have not a penny in my account and don't know where my next meal is coming from, and I'm still going to buy the new Nintendo console yeah. and every game I even give a shit, like, remotely give a shit about, right? So I kind of want to scoop up the Pro Controller in that one window of 24 hours where I don't give a shit about money, right? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to buy the console, I'm going to buy Zelda, I'm going to buy the, 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 the big boy Zelda, the $130 version, I'm going to buy Bomberman, I'm going to buy, like, <laughs> I'm going to buy a charge cable, I'm probably going to buy that rechargeable version of the, um... Oh, yeah, the grip. Uh, of the grip. Um, but and I'm just switch. everything I want, right? Like, the Pro Controller and everything, right? And I'm just going to get it all home. And then I'm going to be broke for about a month, but <laughs> I'll have it all right. And then I won't have to worry about that sort of one month later. Oh, should I buy it? Should I not? Maybe not. It's okay. You know, yeah. I'll just have it. So. Deal with it a great later. Yeah, yeah. Plus, if you buy the Pro Controller, you technically have three. You have three player, you know. You can play three players ready to go. Yeah. So that's cool. That's true. Um, I'm planning on buying Bomberman, so. I like Bomberman. The, the only thing about... Um, the only problem with Bomberman is that I was playing it on tabletop mode, and it's fucking impossible. It can't be done. Yeah, uh, it's too small. It's I've far heard. too small. Uh, yeah, because it's, it, the switch itself is deceivingly small. Like even though, like when when the, the moment I held it, I was like, "Fuck me, this is," you know, it's like a handheld. It's small, but it's so much smaller than you expect. Even to the point that when I finished, I left the event, I loaded the the video back up again, you know, the kind of initial reveal trailer where you see, saw the prick playing it um, yeah. in the park and all that. And when you look at it then, you're like, that still looks quite big. It's it still, I don't know whether whether the, the design changed since then or whether it's just like a weird kind of optical illusion, but it still looks quite big in that advert. And especially when you've got it sitting next to the TV, you must just have a wee telly because when, when you see it docked, um, it's fucking tiny right next to the telly. It's a tiny wee dock with a tiny wee handheld sitting inside it. And you go, oh, okay, because I was planning to move space to make space for the dock to, and it will sit in front of my TV, no problem, because uh, it yeah. takes up so little space. And it's yeah. Like, so yeah, it's deceivingly small. So playing stuff like on tabletop mode only really works if you've got big. Like, so I did Mario Kart on tabletop mode, perfect, totally fine, because you've got a nice big character at the bottom of the screen, and you're kind of in Street Fighter, perfect. Um, right. But Bomberman can fuck off. I really hope Nintendo um, crack down on that a little bit because um, it's kind of. You would you would think it unfathomable that a developer would release a piece of software for a unified like single predefined piece of hardware and it not quite work properly, right? Yeah. Like you would think that impossible. But do you remember back when HD gaming was a new thing and what what was that fucking fucking King Kong came out and the developers hadn't even considered what the game would be like to play in. Was it in, is it in SD mode? Like, if you didn't run it in HD mode, you couldn't read any of the fucking text. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's or right. Yeah, no, no. I can't remember which way around it was. I think it was in HD mode. The yeah. text was too small. No, no, in HD mode, the text was fine because it was small. But when you switched down to SD, the text got really blurry because they didn't have low-res text in there. Yeah, um, how, I mean, that is slap yourself stupid, right? Yeah. Um, and that seems to me, like, I didn't even consider that. that, 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 that I didn't even consider that until this moment that, the switch has to run in two very, very different profiles, right? I'm, I'm, sh I'm absolutely certain that the text and everything, all of the all of the HUD for all of the games, is going to need to be resized yeah. 
when it comes to the ratio of how much screen space it takes up. So, you know, like if it takes up, if your radar is only 3% of the screen's complete height on TV mode, that's great because that's like an inch and a half, right? You can see that. But yeah. if it's 3% of the gamepads of the actual handheld mode screen, that's going to be next to nothing, right? Yeah. Like it's going to be tiny. So yeah. and I really have really... a system where they play, they play something in handheld mode and they say, if, if it's absolutely not as intuitive as on television, fix it, right? Like, absolutely just fix it. And it's only really table mode, tabletop mode where that's an issue, I think, because um, in handheld mode, obviously, it's a lot closer to your face, so it's kind of going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's only yeah. really when you've got it sitting, like, kind of a good, like, foot away from you or, or whatever away from you, that's when it becomes an issue because you're far enough away from it that it essentially becomes a tiny portable telly. Yeah, and point. I think, yeah, and inherently I think that's going to be a problem, generally speaking, right? Like tabletop mode is probably not the best, like it's absolutely the, the worst of the three configurations that they've showed. TV mode, conventional, handheld mode, you know what to expect, right? Yeah. I'm not convinced that four guys crammed around like a six inch or six and a half inch screen is going to be a good experience. No, definitely but, it, but all the same, it's great that it can do it, right? Because the one application that they showed in the trailer where the guy sort of popped out the stand and put it on a table in front of him on the plane, mm -hmm. that's great, you know? Um, something that not many people mention or not many people talk about is when I was playing Mario Galaxy on the Wii, I kind of loved the fact that you could rest your hands down by your side. Yeah. So you're, sort of, you're sitting in a manner that is, is completely and utterly relaxed, right? You're not confined to having your hands within two inches of each other. One hand can be on the left, one can be on the right, and yeah. they were tethered wire. So I'm actually thinking, you know, it right now I'm planning on buying a, a pro controller, but it might um, ironically end up being the case that I end up using the Joy-Cons yeah, machine and just individually one in each hand with my hands just sort of rested wherever I want them to be on my couch. Yeah. I, I won't be slouching back like a douchebag in the fucking trailer. He was either like a right mom, but... <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. You know, just to be sat with your hands like one on each leg, or just on the side of the couch, or one up on the side of, uh, one up on the back of the seat behind you, and one on the left. You know, yeah. I think that'd be comfortable. And if the if the if the Joy Cons feel good when they're being held individually, and you're pushing the sticks and all the buttons, and they don't sort of slip downwards or rotate in your hands really awkwardly, hmm. that would be awesome. And also, I'm looking forward to. Not a lot of people are talking about this just now, but I'm looking forward to the inevitable stories when it comes out about. I mean, it's going to be good for disabled gamers because the Wii was as well. Where that, you know, you get some people who's like maybe can't bring their arms together. Do you know what I mean like someone maybe they don't have a lot of movement in their arms or whatever? So when their PlayStation right, comes out, dexterity in their fingers. Yeah, exactly. So when a PlayStation or an Xbox game comes out, they're like, well, I'm a bit fucked because I can't use a, a joypad. Uh, but they'll be able to kind of like if if one arm can't come down, they will be able to kind of keep their one controller up there and the other one down, which is quite cool. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not the vast, vast majority of people that won't be a, a big deal, but it could like, be game-changing for, for some Right, but people. it's another aspect, right? Yeah. I mean, there's loads of things like that. The Switch is kind of this weird thing where it's so modular that there's actually things that Nintendo themselves haven't really talked about, right? Like, when I was a kid, a real, like, my early years of gaming, I didn't have a TV in my bedroom. Like, I wasn't privileged enough to have a TV in my bedroom. Yeah. So, my entire gaming was done in between fucking EastEnders and Coronation Street, right? Where my mum basically didn't want the TV and she, she allowed me to use it, or my dad didn't want the TV for horse racing. Yeah. So, and, and the Switch, what an incredible machine, right? Like, you can, 
you can have the television when your mom isn't using it, but when she wants to use it, you can you you can have the switch can be a, a console that you can own and you don't even own a television. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. The Wii U was not that console, right? Because there were games like Mar- uh, like uh, Star Fox, for example, that you can't really play without the TV. Yeah, yeah, both screens. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of a cool thing. The other thing they haven't really mentioned, I wrote it down earlier, actually. It was um, um, games played in tablet mode. Like, I understand that the... the, the of the games will have to be compatible. But I don't know if Nintendo has mandated, you see. If Nintendo has made a rule for developers that all games need to be playable in both modes, then then my point is moot, right? But if Nintendo haven't mandated that and they're open to the idea of indie developers making games like, say, like a game like Orindan, like a touch-based rhythm action game, or uh, Yoshi's Touch and Go, like a Mm. touch-based obstacle game, right? I'd be perfectly up for the, I'd be open to the idea of the odd one or two games, right? Not too many, but one or two games that you have to hold the thing and you have to have it in yeah. tablet mode. And, and this game is a game that you can only play when you're holding the thing in your hands and, it's, and it works like an iPad game. But you, but you go into that knowing that that's the deal, right? Like yeah. you don't buy that game if it pisses you off because you have to have it in tablet mode. You buy it knowing that it's a tablet game. It is the idea of having those games, you know, it is weird that they would make a well. I mean, they at least mentioned during the presentation that it's like a, a, a thingy touchscreen. What do you call it? Capacitive touchscreen. A, a capacitive touchscreen. Yeah, and it's right. like, well, why go to why go to all that effort if you're not going to be able to use it that much? So surely there must be, like you say, there there must be leeway for developers to make games that just use the touchscreen or that even use the touchscreen because obviously as soon as it's docked. That doesn't become an option anymore. Yeah, I mean, so as, as far as I've heard so far, all the touchscreen is used for is for menu confirmation when you're mental, holding because it. Because you would help. think they would have just made a resistive one. Then if, if all you're doing is tapping something, I mean, there's no Miiverse, there's no apps for it yet. From what you can tell, there's, they announced today they're, they're not bothering with media shit for for a while, if if, if ever. Um, so if if they went to all this hassle putting in a fancy touchscreen. And all you're ever going to be doing is tapping an icon. That's a massive fucking waste of time. There's got to have been a reason for that screen. Right. I mean, I don't know how much it costs to put a capacitive layer behind a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know the costs involved in including that. But even if it's a few cents per per unit, it's still over the course of millions of units. That's millions of dollars, yeah. right? So you're right in that it, they've made efforts to put a piece of hardware in, and they really haven't shown why it's even there, right? So that would inherently suggest that there must be some intention at some point for them to do that, right? Yeah. And what would be really interesting is if they, right, they, they, they have the technology in the Wii U to have the guts of a machine in one place and the video coming out of that machine in another, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the Wii U's instance, it's the other way. It's 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 that the guts of the machine is under your TV, and the video can be blasted over to your the, the unit, a unit in your hand, a yeah. smaller device in your hand. Now, if they were to come out, this is completely hyper, you know, this is just me bullshitting and just imagining, but imagine if they came out with a, a small add-on that was basically the wireless video transfer system that was in the Wii U, essentially speaking, that plugged into your dock, like a tiny square device, you just plug it into your dock, and so you're holding the switch in your hands, and it is wirelessly communicating with that add-on mm, to yeah. put the... Basically, what I'm saying is wirelessly getting the video from the Switch to your TV yeah, without to mirror, it having... To that would, yeah, that would open up Mario Maker. That would open up all that stuff. And if 
And if the wireless video transferring hardware that's in the Wii U is relatively cheap um, to make and, and, to, and therefore to sell, this could be a fairly cheap little add-on, right? Like mm. a tiny little dongle that you just plug in and it just receives the video signal from, from the Switch. And it could also then theoretically open up, like years down the line, like Wii U uh, re-releases, like Virtual Console stuff of Wii U games yep. that otherwise wouldn't work, uh, like yep. Nintendo Land and stuff like that. Um, yep. I mean, look, Mario Maker, everybody's talking about Mario Maker, right? Like, how are they going to get Mario Maker working on the Switch? Mm. Are they going to... I mean, there is one way they can do it, right? They can say, look, when you're making levels, it, you have to pop it out the dock. Yeah. You just you have to make them on the touchscreen. And again, I'm okay with that, right? Like, I don't care to make... Like, it pisses me off when, when Star Fox forces me to look at this shitty little screen when I have a 65-inch 4K TV, yeah. right? I'm ignoring... But it doesn't piss me off if Mario Maker said, you know what, you've got to make levels on the touchscreen. Because yeah. there's no spectacle to that, right? It doesn't look amazing. It's just you're just making levels. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. But it would be really nice in a dream world, right, if they made some kind of way to wirelessly transfer the video or to have a, a wireless video transfer feed from the Switch to the TV. Yeah. So you didn't have to dock the whole thing and you could use it um, as a, in a portable mode, but with video on the screen, that would open up some touchscreen stuff. Yeah, that could be interesting. Some people are listening to thinking, you just said the Wii, the Wii U's concept was crap, right? Yes, it was, but only because it forced you to use it, right? But in there, when there are certain games that worked or things that, that were good that needed a touchscreen, that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting. I noticed that at launch, um, World of Goo is going to be available at launch. Um, so I'm curious to see what they're going to do there because... That to me seems like the kind of game that would need a touchscreen, uh, yeah. Because using a kind of analog stick to move the cursor isn't going to be quick enough for a game like that. Because um, no. mouse, fair enough. Touchscreen, fair enough. Uh, analog stick, fuck off. Um, I, I actually didn't know that, so that would suggest that there will be touch yeah, only that, game. And it's basically the three games they made. So World of Goo, Little Inferno, and whatever the third one they made was, are all going to be available at launch apparently. Uh, which will be interesting, but it also it also kind of confirms that there'll be an eShop at launch, and that won't be coming later on because they're all just kind of re-downloadable games. Yeah. So, like, well, street, is Street Fighter a full retail game, or is that coming I out? Think on, so they're talking about like, being have a box and everything. Yeah, which is cheeky as fuck because it's the, it's that three sixty one that came out like eight years ago. Yeah, uh, but they've added fucking violent Ken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I mean, the other Ken wasn't violent; he fucking shook everyone's hand. But, um, yeah, yeah. No, he he wasn't into violence at all. He no. didn't exist purely just to fight. Like okay. no, no, Shagger he was a pass- Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so what what are you planning on buying at launch? Are you getting all the games or just a couple of them or what? I don't know. I'll see. Um, definitely Zelda, obviously. Definitely Bomberman. Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm toying with one to switch, but I don't know. Um, if I can find it cheap, maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm really not feeling that at all, um, as I'd imagine most people aren't, so I can see that being the sort of thing that's like 20 quid in six months' time. Um, yeah, some people saying it's the new Wii Sports, nah. no it isn't. Is it fun? No. Wii Sports work because it only costs 180 quid, um, and you got it with it, and when families would come over and see you playing it they went okay I want some of that that's quite cheap yeah I want that virtual bowling yeah, machine but you're not going to so spend 270 quid plus 40 odd quid 
to get to the game where you fucking point a fake gun at someone. Um, yeah, milk a cow, that sword game. Like, it's all fake, right? Like, yeah. none of it's precise. Like, it's all estimated and approximated. So, no, I'm not into that. No. So, um, again, those, okay. Because I've bought a Bomberman game, I think, ever, or maybe since the SNES. Yeah. I'm excited for Bomberman. Um, yeah. That'll be good. Um, I might get World of Goo uh, just for the sake of it. Um, just to see how the download side of things works. And that might be it. It depends what else is coming. There might be some more kind of indie stuff available at launch that, or, or some virtual console stuff that they've not mentioned yet. Um, so I'll need to wait and see what's going on there. Uh, yeah, I'm really hoping they have at least one or two novel downloads that I can just sort of smack on the machine when I get home. Just, you know, just to make the home screen look pretty, yeah. I guess. Um, like Mario 64 or something. I don't know how many times I bought that game. Probably 50. But I'm willing to buy it another 50 times. I, I, I honestly don't mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get Bomberman just because I see it being just a great little local multiplayer game. And I probably won't. Play. It's going to be a waste of $50, but who cares, right? Who cares? It's a launch day. But money's not worth anything. Well, the single player stuff looks like it's got like 40 it's odd levels or something in it. It's got a proper yeah, campaign. Yeah, it's pretty decent. The only thing I don't like about it is their shitty, slightly off-kilter, isometric view. Yeah. Like, why that? Bomberman needs to be straight. Straight down the line, yeah. right? Like, I need to see where I am in the map. I don't need this slightly, like... 20 degrees to the left. Like, why? Yeah. On the, the multiplayer mode is dead straight. The camera's straight. But even then, it's a bit higher than I would like. like it's looking like properly top down on some of them. Like, I mean, some of the screenshots. Yeah, which is more function than form. Like, it doesn't yeah. look as pretty. But I like the fact that it's top down because you can absolutely see where you are on the map, yeah, right? Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Um, either way, I'm up for it. That'll be. That'll be good. Yeah. Kind of old That'll be sweet. If it's and, and I don't know if it's must be it has to be online, right? Is it online? Yeah, I think it is. Um, right. So, well, so I haven't said that. Yeah, haven't said that. I don't know. But yeah, it's got to be, you're right. Um unless they don't have like an online service ready on day one, but that'd be a bit mental. That would be disappointing. Yeah, but um we'll see, hopefully. I mean it's got eight players local. But again, there's no fucking chance you're going to play that tabletop. You're going to have to have multiple switches or plug into your telly. Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, to, to be fair, my switch is going to spend ninety percent of its life like as a home console plugged into the TV. Right. Um, the only time I'm really going, to... I don't really I, commuting in Vegas is driving, so there's no time to yeah, play exactly. during a commute. Yeah, and 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 so the only time really to play it in a portable fashion it will be on the bog. Or in bed, right? And yeah. I think I'll play a decent amount in bed. But the thing is, um, I just bought a new TV for my living room, and I put the old TV we had here upstairs. Yeah. Um, so we actually have like a fifty-five-inch TV in the living room. Um, so if Nintendo decides at some point to stop ripping people off for docks, um, I'll probably buy a second dock and just smack it in there, you know, and yeah. then just play it upstairs on the TV there. Um, but it will spend most of its time as a, as a console. So yeah. see, I'm the opposite. I'm not but that's yeah. yeah, I think that's the kind of exciting thing about it is everyone will use it in different ways. I'll probably play mine's handheld most of the time, I would have thought, just so the missus can watch all the shit she watches on the telly. Um, oh, another TV, you fucking gypsy. I've got like TVs all over the fucking shop, but I'm not going to go into <laughs> like, like, quality time. Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking, she's sitting watching the telly, I'm not going to go fuck this away in a different room. It <laughs> <laughs> plays it all the um, I'm like, Woman, get me a fucking beer. I'm brew, you pansy. I'm like, I'm brew is the future. I'm like, yeah, I'm a way to play one, two, switch on my own. Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, like you though, I don't think I'm going to get one to switch until I see a copy for fifteen dollars somewhere or something, or until uh, if I see a review that says actually there's a lot more to it, which I don't think we will see. No, but uh, that's the only thing I think they would have me. Or obviously, if I end up getting to review it for someone, then obviously I'll, I'll, I'll review it then. But um, I'm not going to go out my way to buy it day one. Um, it's funny like, when I when I one to switch. It's a first party game, isn't it? Like it's a yeah. Nintendo game. And it to me, it's really hard to think of it as a Nintendo game because it just it feels like a Ubisoft game. And I say that because it's kind of it's kind of almost too gimmicky, right? Like Wii Sports was very gimmicky, but everything there was there were actual video games in there, right? Mm. Like the tennis was simplistic, but there were techniques to it, there was skill to it. It was a real video game to some extent, right? N Nintendo Land the same. And I, and I and when I look back to when I think back to say Wii particularly. You had like Rayman, Raving Rabbids, which was sort of like Ubisoft's take on the Nintendo minigame compilation. Yeah. And they were always just a little bit more basic, right? Like they just didn't quite, they didn't have as much depth to them. They weren't, weren't as quite as well designed. They were a little bit sort of pointless. Um, what was the other one? There was a DS example I had in my head as well. I think it was the one where, um, so like Nintendo released the DS and they had a bunch of things in there. I think it was a bunch of mini games that were built onto the side of uh, Mario 64 that showed mm -hmm. what the DS would do, right? So you had the like the bomb sorting mini game and all yeah, those things. Excellent. And then Ubisoft's equivalent, was it Ubisoft? No, it wasn't actually. It was, sorry. So I'm sorry. Project Rob. Yeah, Project Rob, you know, and it was sort of the same thing, just like Ubisoft's uh, Raving, Raving Rabbids. They, it was a slightly less well thought out, slightly less refined minigame compilation. Mm -hmm. And when I see the sort of cow milk in, I just think, man, that seems like something Ubisoft would make. <laughs> yeah, it is weird because you know? part of me, yeah, part of me is thinking, fuck that, like there's not a chance. And part of me is going, but this is a Nintendo game that has to be more to it than that. It's like Nintendo quality. But then I start yeah. worrying because you think, You've got like Miyamoto saying like, oh, we've got a lot of fucking young bucks coming up now and they're going to be the future of Nintendo. And that gives me slight cause for concern because I'm worried that the kind of new blood isn't going to have the same kind of magic that the, the old guard did. And I'm worried that 1-2-Switch might be the start of the kind of level of bullshit that you don't usually expect from Nintendo. Yeah. Um, I must just say on a side note, though, on that note, um, there is a... There is a there is a legend in the making at Nintendo right now. I believe she's one of the younger people in the company. Mm -hmm. The uh, the composer I wanted this to is get the one who did the music for for Breath of the Wild. Yes, and her name is um, excuse my pronunciation. It's Manaka Kataoka, mm. and she is fucking incredible, right? Like, let's just say that right now. Like, if there's anything, if there's any worry that the new face of Nintendo in, say, 20 years' time when all of the current guys are gone, right, if the new guys don't have that flair, she is going to be making the best fucking music ever. So she's a new Koji right? Kondo, basically. Yeah, because she, I mean, I, I don't know, um, I must admit, I don't know who composed, I don't know who was responsible for the music in Super Mario 3D World, which I just think is the best soundtrack Nintendo has ever made. But, but... The, the music, or what I've heard of it so far, is magic. Mm. It is, like, spine-tinglingly, like, tear-inducingly good. Like, it makes, it almost brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Close enough to um, when, I don't know how you felt about the Ocarina intro when you first saw it, but that was, yeah. like, a moment for me where I was, like, like tears, Finally, right? Yeah. And it, it was, it was entire, like, the music was a part of that package. There was a lot more to it. But, like... The, the, there was a trailer that they released about 
three or four months ago, I think. It was a very simple trailer, only about two minutes long. I think it was called Battle Trailer or Combat Trailer mm-hmm. for, for Breath of the Wild. Um, so basically, it's not the trailer they released in the past couple of weeks. It's the major one prior to that. Yeah. And the piece of music that she made for that, I believe, is going to be the main theme for the game. Okay. And it's incredible. Uh, I've listened to it a hundred times, and it still makes me feel cold. So the new Nintendo, if she's a part of it, it'll be all right. Yeah. I think she also composed some tracks in um, uh, the 3DS uh, Animal Crossing. Mm. Which had, I Which think, the awesome. best Animal Crossing soundtrack, I think, was the 3DS one. Yep. Um, yeah, it is. So yeah, that bodes well. She's a new yeah, fucking so. KK Slider. Yep. Yeah. So we haven't even mentioned it yet, man. That new Mario game, dude. Oh, fuck. Since Get I your saw dick that. <laughs> Get your dick out on the beach for the tissues. Like, seriously. <laughs> it's honestly, man. As soon as I it, saw it. You know what really shocked me was when Nintendo, like, I could, my jaw was on the ground when they were when they revealed a new Mario game and they mentioned Mario sixty four Mario Sunshine. I, I honestly thought that Nintendo had abandoned like those games yeah. as as a sort of design ethos that they no longer believe in, right? Mm-hmm. And then they just come out and say like, we were thinking about you know Mario sixty four Mario Sunshine that sort of open world exploration. We know you've wanted it, and here it is. Like mind exploded. That's <laughs> amazing. Like, it's like it's weird because. It's- be like it's weird because there's a lot of people who didn't kind of get that like people going oh so what so it's going to be like a proper like open world game like Arsenal saying Mario GTA and all that because he's in like a city in one level it's like no 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 it's ble- it, it seems clear that it's going to be a case of whereas Galaxy 1 and 2 had you chose you kind of chose the level so although you had like multiple stars in a stage um, it was still like in a linear path, wasn't it? Like, cause, cause like, like in, you did a level in Galaxy. A lot of the, as amazing as Galaxy is, I still think it's one of the greatest games ever made. Obviously, a lot of the yeah. stages were like, do this bit, hit this star, the, the oh. warp star, boost over to the next yeah. bit, then this bit, then it's this bit. It's a linear game. It's a linear game. A to B. Whereas yeah. this is obviously going to be a case of there's six to eight stars in each world. And you can choose the star you want, but you may end up, you know, like in Mario 64. Yeah, it's some approximation of that design. Yeah, exactly. The stars are all just kind of freely roaming, and you can kind of solve a puzzle to get a star while you're going for another one and shit like that. So it's pretty clear that's, I'd imagine, that's how I interpreted it. That's what they're going for, um, which I'm all up for. Yeah, and uh, even the even the New York stuff, right? Like, if you look carefully at the um, certain shots in the trailer, like at the, at the very at the very beginning when he sort of pops out the pipe, and all you can see in the background are buildings and streets. It would trick you into thinking this is like you know Spider Man style open world Manhattan. But there's another scene in the in the trailer. I, obviously, I don't know if it's the exact same level or yeah. not, but. There's another scene in the trailer where he's sort of jumping down from a very high building. And actually what it does is it gives you a very good look of what looks like the outer edge of that world. And mm. it's not big. Yeah. It's very small, right? It looks like the size of the first world from Mario 64, yeah. right? Like Battle- Bob on Battlefield. It doesn't look much bigger than Bob on Battlefield, yeah. but it's done in a sort of New York-y style. So I don't expect there to be any sort of big grand Manhattan uh, uh, like full Manhattan no, level, definitely. and it might be the case that that's the hub world, or it's one of the many worlds that he goes to. Yeah, um, which could end by up the being open world, like in that. Yeah, which will end up being a good thing because I don't know if you watched Jim Sterling's videos, but he did one recently about open world, uh, like games in particular, where there's this trend that's been going on for a few years now, where 
one of the big selling points developers will give with their open world kind of sandbox games is look at the size of the city. This city is fucking 20 square miles or the new GTA's world is four times bigger than the last one. And it's like, well, that's all well and good, but if you're going to put fuck all in it, like nobody cares about a massive like world if there's if all the buildings you can't enter and all this kind of stuff. So it looks like hopefully that will go back to like old school. Like you say, if if the map is like, for each world is the size of like a Mario sixty four stage, they're just going to cram loads of shit in that small area, yep. and, and it's just going to be amazing. I'm yeah, I mean, for like I adore Mario sixty four. It hasn't aged particularly well when you go back and play it right the worlds do feel kind of sparse and mm. i guess it's somewhat because you know what to expect right you, you i could draw i could like i could build the entire of mario 64 in lego right like i just know the whole game off by heart but but it's it's but the worlds are kind of sparse right and they had to sort of squeeze stars in different areas to make it more interesting um nowadays when we have consoles that can throw around a lot more polys and all that stuff they can build nooks and crannies into into levels you know interiors exteriors buildings they can build physical mechanics like gravity operated platforms and all sorts of crazy stuff this is the first sort of mario 64 style game that they're building on a properly modern piece of hardware capable of all of that crazy stuff yeah and so i'm really looking forward to seeing and also not to mention the fact that if you look at the game like 3d world right mario 3d world versus a game like mario 64 there's not a great deal of variation in the things you can do in mario 64 like mario 3d world has so many variants of gameplay that it's almost shocking that they use like they have incredible mechanics and design concepts that they use in a single level yeah right if that were a ubisoft game i'm picking on ubisoft but if that were a ubisoft game that would be the design concept for an entire game right yeah. you would rinse and repeat 50 times and there are things in Mario 3D World that, you, that you'll do once. Like, literally, you'll do it and it'll be incredible and you'll not see it again for the rest of the game, right? Yeah. Like, they just design something, it's incredible, and then they just throw it away, right? And now that... And, and Mario 64 isn't that kind of game. It kind of has big similarities from one level to another, right? Like, you've got the pink bob and you've got the moving platforms and you've got the same enemies. So now that they design Mario games that way, I cannot wait to see... A Mario 64 style game, an open world 3D, you know, like exploration game, but one that's been designed with the ethos that there are just these, there are parts of the world that you'll go to that have mechanics and things in them that you'll never see again, yeah. right? Like it's unique to that place. No two missions it. are the same, basically. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because be I mean, if you listed them down, man, like the, the Galaxy as well, Galaxy 3D World. They've just got dozens and dozens of ideas in yeah. them, right? Like ideas that feel different, that play different, and that do different things with such a simple gameplay mechanic. And if and and if you crammed, you know, ninety or hundred ideas into a Mario sixty four type game, it will absolutely be the best Mario game ever made. Oh, I believe. Definitely. I remember that in Mario, uh, Galaxy two. That was one of the things that, uh, that stuck out with me. Is that uh, there's like a Boo Mario level in it. You know, when, when you can get the fucking power up to tournament a ghost. And it's yep. the only mission in that entire game where you turn into a ghost. It's like, you know, that was in like the first one, but they brought it back to the second yeah, one for one level. Shocking, right? And it's like, fuck off, yeah. done. The same with, I think yeah. Spring Mario had one level in it. I can't remember. It's just one level, yep. one star, piss off, done with, we're done with that. Now. Yeah, although I must say I was happy about that because Spring Mario, yeah, Spring Mario is shit, power, but it, It's a power down. Yeah, yeah it's bullshit. But. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, even so, it's like it was... Yeah, they've been doing that for a while. Not enough people give them kind of respect for it. Like it's like even stuff like 
even the the their side scrolling ones, not to not to as much of an extent, obviously, because there's only they're still they're, they're far more limited by what you can do with a side scrolling game. It's got to be running and jumping and all that kind of shit. But I recently wrote a guidebook for Mario Run, like a kids book for for, for about. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, guide I saw to that. And every spread is basically one of the levels in the game. And even even something as kind of basic as that, every single level introduces at least a new enemy or a new mechanic, like a new type of switch. Yeah, like a, a new... concept, right, yeah. that the gamer has to understand. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's not a single level where you go, every single thing in this level I've seen before, at the very least there's a new enemy or, or a new something. that If yeah. you're talking about, if, I, if, if you kind of learnt that game inside out, and you were speaking to someone, you could say, "Oh, it's the level with that in it, or the level with this in it," and you would know exactly what level they were talking about because every yep. single level has something unique in it. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like um, shit. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I feel like they've they're they're showing evidence of having done that again with the new game because. Like, dude, when they released Galaxy, I thought, man, they've taken Mario to such an extreme now where he's going around planets and they're playing with gravity. Like, they literally, like, they're, they're, what else can you do with a man that runs and jumps, right? Yeah. He takes his hat off and he throws it and he bounces on it. Fucking genius, man. Honestly, like, just from that one mechanic, like, obviously in the trailer they showed you the most basic application, right? Yeah. That there's a gap too big for him to get over, so he throws his hat and he bounces on it, and then there you go. You've got a, an addition. It's kind of like a double jump, yeah. right? There's so much more, and, and I'm not even a Nintendo developer, right? These guys are geniuses. I'm just an idiot. Yeah. And I can think of, like, ten different ways that that could be used in interesting ways, right? Like, having to throw the hat underneath into a certain position as a moving platform goes above it, and then having to time your jump onto the hat to get yeah. to the moving platform, or time your jump onto the hat to avoid, like, a saw that's going, going back and forth, yeah. you know? Well, so, weird because even in that trailer... You know, some shit with that one mechanic and that's the only one we've seen yeah and even and i haven't said that like i watched the trailer again and only recently realized there's three different fucking things he does um in that trailer with that hat alone where for a brief second you see him just throwing it forward so you can imagine it would be like an attack that he throws it forward then you see yeah, him throwing like it, then you see him throwing it against the wall and he does a kind of handstand over it so almost like he's using it as a as a catapult like a um a spring, almost like a springboard at one point. He throws it at the wall and yep. runs over and does like a kind of handstand up to a higher level. And then the bit when he throws it and jumps it, and it's not as high a jump, but he uses it to kind of to do like, to, like you say, like a double jump to clear a wider gap. Yep. So in that alone, there's three different mechanics, and that's just like blinking, you'll miss yeah. them. And and I, yeah. I think they've also shown a mechanic, I'm not sure, but... When you throw it, it stays where it stays put for a limited amount of time. And then if you run to a different position, obviously it doesn't come back to where you were like a boomerang. It goes to Mario. Yeah. So there are mechanics as well where you might have to throw it through a hole, kind of like the Zelda boomerang mechanic, right? You might need to throw it into an area that you can't reach physically yeah. and then run to a different spot to attract it to you to hit something that you couldn't reach otherwise, right? Well, and yeah, that's going to be boss. Guarantee it, right? there'll be a boss stage. Where the boss has got a weak spot on his back, but he never turns. He's always facing you, no matter what. So you throw it to the side of him, turn round a bit, so he turns round, and then it comes and hits him in the back, guaranteed. Yeah, there'll be a boss like that. Yeah, it's genius, right? And if you if they don't, then fucking Nintendo sort yourself out. <laughs> fucking young bucks coming in, ruining ruining the great name of Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, it must be the Mario 3D World team, right? I don't know yeah, if this has so. been discussed, but it must be the 3D World team. And I have every faith in those guys, man, because 3D World is incredible. It's so underrated. It's better than Galaxy. It's mm, better than... 
no, come on. It's better than Galaxy, man. I'm, I'm convinced it is. It's I up just, there, but... I'm back to Galaxy now. Like, I think the first Galaxy is better than the second one. Do you agree? Yeah. I think so. I think, I think it is. Yeah. And then when I look at Galaxy versus 3D World, I don't know if it's just that... I mean, I, I kind of prefer the soundtrack to 3D World. There's maybe one or two tracks in Galaxy that are... I think it's kind of like one of those weird things. I think like the best track in Galaxy is better than anything in 3D World. But as a whole soundtrack, when you yeah. listen to the whole... There aren't really that many other songs in Galaxy that measure up to those top one or two songs. Yeah. Um, whereas like 3D World is a consistent big hitter, right? Like almost every song in that entire game is fucking awesome. Um, like literally almost the entire game soundtrack is incredible. Yeah. So I think as a whole package, it's a better soundtrack. But you're right that the Galaxy theme probably stands alone as the best Mario song yeah. ever. Um, and, I, and I feel like... The, the 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 same might be a, might be said of the gameplay like i think galaxy has instances where it's just absolutely incredible right like it's sheer gold but as a whole i really like the worlds in in 3d world like when i go back and play galaxy now retrospectively i find myself going into a world and saying no not that one another one no not that one that's yeah. not the one i want to play. like i'm looking for the ones that i love whereas 3d world i just sort of go in anywhere and they're all fucking like all the levels are awesome right so I think as a package, it's a better game, but I, but I don't I don't begrudge you for disagreeing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're quibbling about two of the greatest games ever made. It's hardly like fucking. It's, it's not the most like. Uh, it's not the most important like argument of, of all time. I mean, they're both. Right, it's fucking, not the most clear cut. No, they're right. both like ninety five percent plus games without without a doubt. So fuck it. So yeah, all good in the hood. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the new three D, so the new Mario. I, I love the look of the colourful worlds that are in it, um, yeah. like the, the fruit world, like the fruity world where he jumps in the bowl of soup or something. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that about, man? Like, the, it's like the Mexico looking world looks wicked. Like, that's, yeah, that's what excites me the most is that the art styles are all completely different. It's like Galaxy, um, in Galaxy Two, and to some extent three D World. Um, although you had di obviously different environments. They all still had a similar kind of, not the same arts. They all yeah, the same universe, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they like in the same world, yeah, right? Whereas this is literally about him getting in a fucking ship and going to different, almost totally different universes. Almost in that you've got a really realistic looking city level, and then you've got this weird kind of fucking fruit vegetable level where everything's like in colourful, like almost single tone blocks. Um, and he's like throwing fucking turnips about, like in Mario Two and shit like that. Yep. And, it's like, and oh. you got what looks like a forest level or something. Yeah, and and in that Mexico level, he collects these kind of weird purple triangles that are instead of coins. And it's like, what's going on there? Is that unique to Mexico, or is that like a new kind of power up that maybe powers his heart or something weird like that? Right, and, like, and any one of those environments could be the hub world and not necessarily a level, right? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people think that the New York level is going to be a hub world. I actually kind of hope it isn't because of yeah. uh, as, aesthetically speaking, it's probably my least favorite of them all. Yeah. Um, I, you know, people made a big deal of this Mario being in the real world and him not looking like a human, right? They're being real humans. Yeah. Do you have a problem with that? I think it's hilarious. I think it makes it funny. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it, because people say, well, that doesn't make any sense because Mario is a human. See, I don't. Mario isn't a human. No, he's a he's a cartoon character of a human, yeah. right? Like, he it's a bit like um, Roger, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it's like, right? Like, he is a human in the cartoon world or in his world in Mushroom Kingdom, but when he comes out to the real world, 
he isn't, yeah. right? Like, he's, he's a cartoon, so... And, and they specifically said when they were announcing it that he comes out of the Mushroom Kingdom. That's the whole point of the game, is that he's no longer among... Uh, he's, he's no longer in an environment where he's familiar that he's familiar with. He's left the basically Nintendo world and he's moved into these other environments. And some of them will be real world environments. Some of them look like fucking cartoons. Like he, he's basically just given themselves. When they went into space, I was like, that's really clever putting him in space, like in Galaxy, because you can now. It's kind of like some Galaxy yeah, shit. It's kind of like when they went from Simpsons to Futurama. It's like that's quite clever because they could just fucking make up anything now, and they don't need to worry about it being realistic because they can just make up fucking aliens that have got four dicks or something like just for the sake of a joke. So with Galaxy, yeah. it was like brilliant. They put them in space. They can just make planets look like fucking anything, and no one will say that's weird looking. They could just go, yeah, but it's a different planet. Just fucking deal with it. Whereas this takes it to an even more ridiculous level, where it's like. Well, if it's different dimensions or universes he's going to, they can do any art style they want, any characters they want. Obviously, you had Goombas and shit in, uh, in one level wearing chef's hats. And then, like, there could be another, like that other level, it's got these weird fucking rabbit things uh, with, with Bowser. It's like, that's clearly a different dimension altogether. It's got totally different enemies. They can do what they want. They could add yeah. a fucking Mario 2 level if they wanted. It's got Shy Guys and all that shit if, if, if they'd want yeah, to. And- Let's be honest, like Nintendo have haven't been shy about lording up their retro like yeah. heritage, right? Like there's been a retro level in all of, in like Mario 3D World and all that stuff. Yeah. And there's always these they haven't I I'm glad they haven't, right? But they if anyone thinks that it's cheap for them to include a retro level, well get ready for more cheapness because <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be a Super Mario World or original Mario level in that game, oh, isn't there? Like right. Yeah. I, I would be disappointed if there wasn't like a, a giant world where the Goombas are all oversized or something, you know, something to do with Mario 3 or something. Even you know? just like a, a, a fancy bob on Battlefield, like just to kind of, as a nod back to how that oh, started. It's like this I'll, is, I'll reach for the tissues. If, that, if the final <laughs> level of that game is fucking bob on Battlefield and on fire, because <laughs> Browser just went, fuck off. Like, well, well, you've been away out of your dimension. Fucking Mushroom Kingdoms ablaze. Go back and fucking fix it. So I mean, they the, kind of did that with 3D World already, didn't they? Didn't yeah. they? Like the, the Bowser levels are basically like a, an ex, an advanced version of the Bowser levels from Mario 64. Like yeah. Mario 64's Bowser levels, for anyone who didn't play it, were basically linear versions. They were almost the window into the future of 3D Mario games because they were point A to point B yeah. linear path levels, and they did that again in Super Mario 3D World. I think they even used the same music, right? Mm. So. Yeah. Like, they're not shy of doing that, and I, I'm I'm certain they'll do a. I'm I'm hope you know you're right. I'm hoping they do a Mario sixty four nod and include those that own world. Because awesome. that bit in Galaxy two where they had the throwback Galaxy and it was fucking level from Mario sixty four. The fucking mine's gone blank. The one where you fight the big uh, swamps. Oh yeah, swamps, uh, swamps fortress. Yeah. And that like yep. that whole level was recreated in Galaxy Two, and I was like, "That's fucking amazing." Something like that yep. again. I don't care if they if they go back to that well and take another, even if it's like um, cheap away Nintendo. Exactly. You know, even if it's like Peach's Castle again. Imagine if when you finish the game, he says, "Thank you so much for playing the game and all that shit." Gets in a spaceship, and the spaceship flies, and while well, the credits are, are going up, right end credits, music's playing, and he's flying over all the universes that he's visited throughout the game. And then the spaceship comes and stops and lowers down and lands exactly where the pipe comes out at the start of Mario 64. And you get to explore Peach's Castle and that's your reward is you get to explore the yep. grounds of Peach's Castle looking like fucking with that game engine. That would be the best ending ever. 
I'm going to yeah, be gutted now because that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, because you've just invented it. So Nintendo <laughs> are erasing it as we speak, fuckers. They, they're like, no, we can't put that in now because he's going to claim that he invented yeah, it. Yeah, they're, 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 they're so fucking yeah. running to their, to, their, uh, to their dev kits right now and just fucking delete. <laughs> recycle bin. <laughs> empty recycle bin. Fucking ditch the Peaches Castle level. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think it's going to be the best thing ever, man. I, I and I can't wait. The fact, just the fact that I mean, to just repeat, it's it's repetition. But we're going to be able to play that at any time, you know. Yeah. Like when my wife comes in from work and she wants to watch some fucking shitty superhero movie that I don't care about, right? Like she watches all of the um, uh, uh, like Flash Gordon and all that stuff, like Flash and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm good. Oh. Yeah, whatever. So, you know, and I'm playing, Mar- I can just pop that thing off and keep playing, man. And I, yeah. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, Supergirl just now, we're, we're watching, and it's like, we're not yeah. Massive, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not terrible. It's a good show. It's just it's, fine. it's just, um, we're only halfway through, like, the first series, and I'm just really annoyed now that fucking Ally McBeal still doesn't recognize her. It's like, come on, mate. It's fucking pretty obvious that. It's hard. Yeah, slap yourself. Exactly. Prick. Silly bent. Yeah. She's managed to get herself <laughs> all the way to the fucking top of a major news corporation. But she's not even a good enough journalist that she can fucking take glasses off someday and see who they are. Is that <laughs> mate? Yeah, stop being a cunt, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. For next year, though, what, you know, one of the interesting reader questions I saw on the, um, the IGN podcast, they are one of the guys asked them, like, if, if Mario and Zelda is already out, you know, in the first year, what are going to be the massive games that really define second and third yeah. years? And I thought that was a really interesting question because you, it'd be entirely guessing on our part because there's really no rumors there to go off, go on. But what franchises does it seem most likely that Nintendo would pull out of the woodwork for this console in the second and third years? And that doesn't include remakes, right? So yeah. if they're going to remake Smash, then we can just discredit Smash right now, right? What yeah. what other what other games are they going to make that are going to define year two and year three? That's the that thing, one? because even then, the games that people claim to want, or that obviously that do want, that we want, are the games that traditionally haven't sold well for them. So... It's all well and good. Everyone saying we want a new Metroid, and they'll go fine. Bring out a new Metroid, and it'll sell like two million because nobody in Japan gives an eighth of a fuck about Metroid. Um, so that won't be a great seller for them. People say they want a new F Zero. Fine, they'll bring out a new F Zero, but it'll only sell a few million. Um, it's like the games that Nintendo fans want won't will do well among the hardcore but won't do well among anyone else it's like other than mario and zelda and pokemon when that ends up happening it's going to be a weird second year and third year because it's like yeah all the franchises people want aren't necessarily going to be money spinners for them there there must i mean that's true but there must be some scope for it right like i can't imagine i can't imagine pikmin being a multi-million like you know what i mean like i can't imagine that massive franchise for them in terms of mainstream appeal but they were still willing to bring out a third one on yeah. the wii u and and they didn't and they didn't like cheap out on it right like it's a fully fledged massive pikmin game with all the amazing graphics and it looks awesome yeah. and it has all of the signs of a game that they gave every single you know they invested in that game mm-hmm. so i agree you know like wave race f-zero those things probably wouldn't sell 15 million like they would want them to um, they may only sell two or three, but I don't care. I want them. Yeah, exactly. And I think Nintendo can afford to make them, and I think they have the skill to make them cheaply enough that 
they're not $100 million investments yeah. and they can sell $2 million and still make a profit. Exciting times. Um, I'm very much excited for Switch, as obviously you are. Um, so what I would request, if it's all right with you, is maybe once it's out, if you want to jump back on and we'll, we'll compare notes. No, fuck off. Oh, well, fuck you then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be exciting, actually. Yeah. I mean, that's that's quite a way away still. I mean, it's just, I'm counting the seconds, man. It's yeah. it's only a month, it's less than a month away, and it can't come soon enough, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be super happy to come back on and nerd out about the Switch once we have it in our hands, and, we're, and we've played it a bunch, and, yeah. and I basically live on, on the thing, and then, um, and you know, there's still loads of things we didn't talk about, too, so, yeah. you know, like, been conversations about the vr capability of the machine mm. and the possibility that it might be updated to work with old controllers i don't know if you saw that new yeah. story but there's a ton of stuff we can talk about yeah, yeah i mean all so, about it right, let's pencil it in as they say in the trade yeah <laughs> okay pencil it in. yeah fucking bricks anyway yeah it was good to speak to you again mike very yeah. lovely to chat um yeah and cheers, I'll catch you on the flip-flop yep see you right bye so there we have it folks, that is the end of my chat with Mike Jackson. I hope you enjoyed it, it's something different. Um, I've known Mike for about a decade now so it's nice to catch up with him and uh, kind of fanboy geek out about uh, the upcoming Switch because uh, both he and I are big Nintendo fans so it's good to kind of talk to someone about it and kind of share our thoughts and our hopes for it. Um, although I'm, I'm, I kind of wish I hadn't come up with that Mario Odyssey ending idea because it's almost certainly not going to be how it ends and I'm kind of gutted now because that would have been amazing but anyway, not to worry, these things happen so yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that like I say um, at the start of this podcast next week we'll be back to like a normal uh, kind of rest episode with me and Louise we'll be talking about what's been going on in the world of gaming uh, talk about random stuff Get take Q&A questions as usual so think of some questions uh, to ask and send me a wee tweet when you can think of anything um, and yeah I'll be the kind of calm before the switch storm so for those who don't like me just talking about switch and nothing else next week will be your break from it uh, but I apologise in advance because the week after switch is going to be either just about to launch or will literally have just launched so it kind of goes without saying that we'll be talking about switch that week and maybe the week after but then after that we'll be back to kind of all formats again so just if you're not a massive switch fan please put up with it for now because that's this is the big news uh of the day and this is the big talking point everyone's waiting well almost everyone's kind of waiting for the switch and that's the big story so it would be a bit daft to pretend that it doesn't exist just now uh so yeah bear with me for another couple more weeks um until the switch is out and is kind of in people's hands and launch fevers die down a bit and then we'll get back into the regular swing of things with more guests and and the like but yeah hopefully you're enjoying things this is the sixth episode of the podcast i've been kind of happy how it's gone so far so hopefully you're the same please do uh subscribe to us on itunes if you aren't already please uh, write a nice wee review uh, say some lovely words that would be very much appreciated um, and spread the word to your chums who are, I see a lot of people asking about what games podcasts you listen to if you ever see anyone on Twitter asking that point them uh, in this direction and give them a wee wink uh, and they'll say, hmm I mean I was curious but now you've given me the wee wink the wink adds I mean, it adds to the allure of the podcast so please do recommend it to people and don't forget the wink because the wink is very important thanks for listening guys, I will be back next week with Louise um, to get your Q&A questions in and we'll chat games like we do uh, every week cheers folks thanks for listening bye bye